When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Jamie Carragher, and you are listening to the Copy Podcast. What is happening, everyone? Welcome back to the Cup Eye Podcast. We are back, back in the new year. Sorry we're late and all that jazz, but yeah, happy Christmas, happy new year. I hope you had a boss time, whatever you got up to. Um, but yeah, we're back to discuss what feels like, what, 12 Liverpool games, is it? 12, 13 Liverpool games? Nah, it's, it feels like loads and it feels like a lot, a lot of times passed. but I am Mick, as usual, and I'm joined by Christian, as usual. Before we get into quite a bit of stuff, Christian, how are you doing, lad? How was your... How was your Christmas whiskey? How was your New Year's whiskey? <laughs> yeah, it was good. Uh, well, I'm good. Um, you know, it's it's not. It's always nice with a new year starting. It feels it's always feels like a fresh new start. You know, for everyone, like a new year, uh, new opportunities, and everything like that. So I'm kind of always very pumped up with energy. Like every time there's a new year, and yeah, I had a great Christmas. My mom was here. You know, celebrating with the family and stuff. So it was nice, a little bit of a break from work. I'm back now on Monday. And obviously, we have had a little bit of a break as well because of family stuff. And you've been traveling to Scotland and, you know, been away. So we haven't had the chance really to, you know, have a proper time to record anything. So it's the way it is when you do that kind of stuff. But yeah, I, I'm I'm all good. And I'm looking forward to, you know, Liverpool in the new year as well, because uh, at the moment it looks very great. It does, it does. It's very exciting. Like we've just been speaking about before we started recording about like where we are now and stuff, and we'll get onto that in a bit. But the games that we've <clears throat> not spoke about, I think the last one we were talking about like an Arsenal preview, of course. We we drew with Arsenal in that game at home, which was a yeah. I mean, let's not even get into like Odegaard handballs and, and all and all that stuff. And um yeah, one of them where it would have been lovely to win that and and to go clear the top of the t- top of the table at the time and stuff but <clears throat> just wasn't to be I guess in, in a game like that and that can happen in games against Arsenal it's always obviously a very good side uh, we then go to Burnley away on um, on Boxing Day and, and beat them 2-0 and again that was another another game where we made it I guess we made it harder for ourselves but of course again officials came into it with offside goals and, and whatever else and we won't even get into it because that'll take another 45 minutes moaning about <laughs> officials and we've done enough of that this year um like you said new year fresh start it'll probably take one or two games to a moaning about officials again so we'll we'll save it we'll save it for then when we when they deserve it a bit more um so we beat burnley um two nil which was a, again a, a good win and then we get to new year's day and we beat newcastle four two and we might as well talk about that one a little bit more because it's the freshest one um highest xg on record and I've seen of course we haven't done a show in, in, in quite a while so I've been watching quite quite a lot of stuff and it's been interesting to see like all the stat, stat nerds um, I mean I include myself in that so I'm, that, that's not a diss because I'm, I'm fully a stat nerd myself um, ha, just how mad like that I think it was like 7 points on, on, on the XG which is I think the record before that was like 5 points something and I think when you when you break that down over like the years and whatever, it's just crazy how high that is. And I, I get like again, like we were saying before we started recording, <clears throat> how impressive it is. I mean, four two doesn't. I think it flatters Newcastle. To be honest, I think we had. I think it was nine big chances. I think we had. We scored four of them. They had two and scored two. I think it says a lot that they just took the chances were clinical, and we were just very very fucking good. But we just didn't get enough. <laughs> didn't put the ball over the line enough times. Um, but a gr- either way it was a great win i think it was a it was a hard fought win in the end a weird weirdly because the way the game went and all that but a massive win over a team who 
I try and drum up this fake rivalry. I hate this like new. I hate these like new rivalries that attract like like the, obviously the city ones come up and that's I guess that it is now. But like in the past, we've had like other ones and like new this Newcastle one is just like, I think it's hilarious. Um, but it was a it was a massive win New Year's Day and a, and, a, and a great way to start start like you said to start the new the new year and and to put, start off on the right foot with a a dominant performance. Yeah, I think you know from coming from the games, uh, Man United at home, Arsenal at home, uh, having nil nil one one, and feeling that you you know missed a bit there when you had a chance to get that actually the all three points when you saw the game was against Man United was a little bit slow we didn't uh, we wasn't creative enough Arsenal was tougher obviously because they are a really good team at the moment but still felt like we were a little bit robbed like you mentioned there so it's just nice to play Newcastle at home another team where I wouldn't say it's the same level as Arsenal obviously but you know still last year was really good and played Champions League this year, you know, and creating something, obviously having good players, but it's good to see that, you know, they didn't stand a chance playing against us at Anfield uh, the first day of the new year. And I felt, like I said, it, that's the feeling. And I, I mentioned it before we started recording as well to you, that that's how I want to see Liverpool play every game at home. Like, yeah. just fly out from the start and just don't give them time on the ball. Just, you know, create stuff in the first minute just show them that you won't stand a chance here because that's that's something that they will probably feel straight away as well the opposition like what the fuck is going on we don't have like their game plan is out of the window straight away because they don't get the chance to even settle it and feel like they got control in any part and you mentioned the stats as well and I look just now on the live score stats which was uh, also quite amazing when I looked at the goalkeeper saves and we had one and they had 11 uh, according to the stats on the year, and you know, we yeah. got shots on target 15 to 3, shots off target 8 to 1, blocked shots 15 to 1. So, you know, it's 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 one of them where, and you mentioned the XEs obviously, but it's just one of them where you feel like that's what I understand that you can't do it every game in those numbers, but if you can have those kind of games where you are creative enough when you have loads of runs and asking questions uh you know for the other team and just make sure that they don't get the chance to even settle a bit that's when you will come away you know in almost every game at least at home and win because no one will stand a chance to be honest that's how good we are at home if we play like this yeah well just on the shot thing like i think there was a Sky Sports put like a screenshot of like most shots in the <clears throat> in a Premier League game this season. So Liverpool against Newcastle had thirty four matched. We matched the other record, which is thirty four against Man United. Liverpool when we when we of course we you just spoke about them where we, we just couldn't score. Um, but yeah, we're, we're the top two in that in that list on thirty four goals, which is it proves how good Liverpool are this season. But it also I'd like to see Liverpool winning. By more goals, to be honest, just just off the back of those two, um, where we could have been, well, half time we could have been out of sight. Like if we if we go through the game, like Salah gets the the penalty, and we won't get into the whole Salah penalty thing because we've done we've done that, and it's we know we know what me and Christian think about that. Like lefties on pens and his technique and whatever else. Like we've said that we've said it all, but he misses the pen, um, and then you're going into half time nil nil, and you're like, how the fuck is this nil nil? And you're like. I guess it's one of them where you're like, is it going to be one of them days? Are the players going to? Is that them feeding into the players' minds? Like, oh, we just can't, we just can't score. Yeah, it's going to be one of them where you can play for three weeks and never score. Um, and I think that was kind of the the feeling. But we come out at half time, and after half time, we get one straight away, um, which was just kind of like a big sigh of relief for me. I was like, oh, there we go. Like the players yeah. obviously <laughs> went in, and sat, even Salah said after the game, like he. Um, he changed his boots at half time because he was like, "Am I going to go to um, Cup of Nations after a performance like that?" And I don't think so. So he like changed his boots, looked himself in the mirror, and we're like, "Sorted out, lad." Came out like on fire in the second half, and it was, um, yeah, it was a it was a mad second half. Of course, there was there was six goals in the in the second half, and Liverpool were just all over them. Like we can talk about performances, like Mo Salah was incredible. Um, Joe Gomez again, incredible. Endo again, just just a. We we've spoken in, in in the past about like maybe him not being quite the level. Like we need him to up the levels. I think over the last couple of weeks in the games that we've not spoke about, he's been he's played all the time and he's been fucking 
tremendous to be honest. But that second half was just a bit of a just a bit of a mad one, weren't it? I would have loved it to have been six goals for Liverpool, to be honest, just to blow them away. But yeah, four two, I think I don't think it's a clear is a proper reflection of what the game was, but it proves that Liverpool create fucking shitloads of chances and we just need to start scoring more of them. Yeah, and you know the first goal there, uh, just after uh, the start of the second half, was very important for the whole. I, I think, like you mentioned there with Sar as well, we we come uh, from this uh, first half where we create so many chances and don't finish them off. And like you said, the feeling comes to you as a supporter watching the game, like this is going to be one of them where we just continue to create, shoot, and the the, the goalkeeper is going to have his best game ever, and we won't hit the you know we would just hit the bar and the post and stuff. Um, and obviously, if we get that feeling as supporters, you know, even they are professionals, I think the players, you know, that, that feeling comes into them as well, like fucking hell. You know, it's going to be one of them. Days. It doesn't matter what we do. This ball is not going to find the net. Uh, but then, you know, because I know that obviously Darwin Nunez, uh, still my uh, lover boy, I was, I was saying. <laughs> um, but, you know, he's getting, you know, some, you know, some stick from, from you know, Ron fans and um, not many because loads of them obviously have turned around on him. I think, you know, he's great in many other things, but, you know, a lot of other uh, people who thinks, uh, who thinks a lot or have, you know, jobs in football, talking about football, you know, they, they're talking about the way he misses chances. And yes, you do. And, I, you know, I, I even wrote to you that, you know, I, I love him, but it's time for him to, you know, start to um, turning those chances into goals because in the end of the day, that will make a big difference in the long term. Because if you don't do that and it continues like that, we'll probably lose some more points than win it. So when you get into those positions and don't create those chances, you need to be able to finish uh, the majority of them off. But, you know, I think I wrote to you what actually Klopp said later um, in the uh, the the, uh, the like the interview after the game that you know the the, the when Nunez is very you know uh, cold minded or whatever you call it, when he get the chance there when he actually passed into Salah to score because someone who has created so many uh, got, got into so many positions and had so many chances and missed would like to maybe in his head just I go for goal because I need that goal but he's very you know calm and find that pass and I like that because that's that's shows that he's very clever and still has belief in himself because he doesn't panic. Um, so that was very important. And that's what Klopp said as well, to find Salah there instead of taking a shot himself. It it proves, you know, a mind of, okay, I know what to do. I, I know my position. I know what, you know, everything. So that that also makes me feel quite calm that he he's not worried about himself not scoring as many fans can be. I think he just knows that I'm just going to continue to do this. So that goal obviously was really, really good. Um, and then obviously they came back with uh, Isak, uh, a Swedish fellow, so you know who who scored a great goal. But that, that's the thing. And I've straight got like things on Twitter, people saying, "Well, I just imagine Isak playing up front for Liverpool, you know, because he would score uh, so many goals a day." And I was like, "Yeah, he's, he's good." He's a good finisher, and I think he's he's very good. He's proved me wrong that he actually is capable of playing the Premier League and all that because I didn't think he was going to be that good. But at at the same time, I think you know he's not. You know, you can you can talk about him scoring and Darwin Nunes not scoring that much, but the, the work and the chances and you know everything that Darwin Nunes does extra for the team in the way we play. At the minute, I wouldn't swap him for almost anyone to be honest because he give so much to this team and create so much space and, you know, create so much trouble for defenders that it brings something for everyone else. Um, so, yeah, but, you know, when it was 1-1 there, you know, just after we scored, I felt like, come on, why can't we just finish another goal, you know, and get this game, just tune it up, create, control it and then go from there. Instead, we have to make it hard for ourselves at that time. <laughs> as always, as we always do. That's not a Liverpool game if Liverpool don't do that. But, yeah, I think the, the whole Nunes thing is, like, is mad and it's just because social media everyone's putting their opinions out there so you see it and you're like i guess it does affect you a little bit when you're reading so much about it um that's why i try and spend less time on there because i just want to like have my own opinion and like just see what i'm seeing and the chances you're missing yeah it's not good but like that one where he he runs through and the defender panics and he gets it and then he I i think he should score that one but he creates that by being a, a chance uh, magnet, and it's, or a good, and it's a good save. 
you it's know, a, the goalkeeper comes out and make himself big. <clears throat> you know, it's hard to get a ball around someone just coming around. Yeah, it's so close to you. So, I, I guess I'm, I'm just thinking from like if like a natural finisher. I guess if they were just in that situation, but they, they, it been passed to them. I think they score. I don't know if it's because he has to run and then he ran, ran full speed and then he, he's in front of the goalie and he doesn't... It's those little moments where I think he can be better, though. If he, he could go around the keeper, he could, I don't know, he could lob it a little bit, chip it, whatever. There's, there's loads yeah. of options. But I think just in those certain scenarios, I think he does... Sometimes I think it's better when he hasn't got time to think, which I think is true, but there's, there's certain scenarios where I think... He just needs to have a have a breath and just go right. I've 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 practiced this loads in training. Like I need to do what I've been doing because I imagine in training he scores fucking loads because there's no pressure yeah. on him and whatever. And he doesn't have to he doesn't have to think about like what happens if a miss or whatever. He just does it. So I think in certain scenarios he can be not clear. He can be loads better. I think everyone can see that. But I think once it's having that, I don't know. Still having patience with him. I think that's the thing that we still need to know that he's. If he wasn't, if he wasn't doing anything for us, he wouldn't be starting games. He wouldn't be on the pitch. He wouldn't be anywhere near the pitch. But he's creating stuff. He's he's always involved. He was involved in, um, in the little knock off to Zobislai to to get one of the goals. So which we'll talk about. Um, and he scored against Burnley. We can't, you know, don't forget about that. It's a great goal against Burnley. It's honest. a great, yeah, it's a great goal. Actually, the bit, the bit I've just put on that might have been the first goal. Actually, was it where it got knocked? Nunes knocks it down. Zobislai then gets it, plays it out. Uh, yeah, it's the first, it's it's that goal we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. ignore me, ignore me. I'm not well. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's the chance, and it's a little bit like that where you think he's not maybe scoring enough, but in terms of being involved in the game and running after the ball, getting get, like just making himself known. And, and what I loved is that he posted on Instagram after the game, and um, he posted always alive, never dead, like just something like that where he's like he doesn't care about like anything. He clearly doesn't care about anything that like negativity like surround him. He obviously sees it on Instagram and whatever else, but he's always there. He's never like he never shies away from anything. Like he's always there. He's always making himself known and, and getting into into positions. And I think the more he does that, I think like people always say he's a chance magnet. Like he, he's always going to have chances. He just needs to once he starts converting like five ten percent more of them, then will be Liverpool will win games easier. I think and, and I think it's it's having that. Just presence of mind in certain scenarios, I think, to hopefully start doing that a bit more. Um, but yeah, like I said, Isak scores a good goal. To be fair, to be fair to him, like he's a, he is a very good player. Um, and then Curtis Jones gets us um, another another tap in. But again, another performance from from him, who's he's came back into the side and had a bit of a boss season last end of last season, and he's had a bit of a patch you on this year with. Suspensions and uh, injuries and whatever else, but he's came back in, and I think it's clear that what, when he's in the side, we have more balance. I think that's clear to see. We have on that left hand side, he's just he's got that counter press, and Klopp mentioned that after the game, like how good he is at counter pressing, and he's now dribbling in the right ways. He's not like he used to just get it, dribble a little bit, come back, pass it backwards. Now he gets it and goes right. How can I get at this defence? And he runs forward. I think you've seen that in the Newcastle game where he's running forward. He's in and around the penalty box and once you're in the pen box, people don't want to touch it obviously because you can get a penalty. Um but he's making those runs and making stuff happen and, and to get another another goal as well, I think is another sign that he's starting to believe in himself a little bit more. I think the West Ham game was massive for him where he was Scored, scored a few goals and was heavily involved in everything and I think he's starting to I mean he's always got confidence in himself but I think he's starting to believe that he's part of fully of this Liverpool side now and he's a, he's a mainstay in it yeah and you know it's been great and I think you know it also proves the way of you know being patient as a as a supporter like we mentioned with Darwin as well because we have that patience with um uh, Curtis Jones for quite a long time, obviously, because he broke through when he was 18 and then, you know, got the chance and he, he scored nice goals uh, back then already. And everyone's like, whoa, but you know, not everyone just goes up on a high straight away uh, when coming through as a young kid. But I think the potential has always been there. Like you, you could see from the start, you know, he's got something extra as a footballer. He got that little bit of, you know, cheekiness over him and he's good with the ball and technique and stuff. So it was just a matter of have patience and let Klopp and his staff just work with him. And hopefully, hopefully they can, you know, find those little buttons on him where you create this play away. Because Klopp mentioned as well that, you know, they've been on him about, you know, moving the ball quicker and being, you know, all that kind of stuff. And some... 
takes a little bit of time maybe to adjust to role to tasks and stuff because he's maybe been more of a natural creative creative player now he he's learned to do the job like in a tactical way i guess uh, like you said with the counter pressing coming back into space and also when he receives the balls he like you said he's He's doing the right dribbles, but I also think he's doing the right turns with the ball. He turns into space, into right space, which gives him a few seconds extra to find a player or even, you know, start moving the ball forward quicker, like Klopp mentioned. So I think before he's been more safe, maybe turned away and given a pass back to the defenders, like you said as well. But I think now he's more brave. He he knows his, um, you know, the surroundings around him, what players are close to him or not. So when he receives it, he makes sure that I do the right decision here, turns into space, finds someone else, make a move and get the ball back. Things happens. And then you can see what a great player he actually is. And he's still very young. And I like that he's local. You know, he's one of ours. And I think that we should just enjoy that we... He might not be a starter all the time. I think at the moment, yes, he's a starter because he's been so good. But, you know... Whenever he gets a, a knock that he usually gets, or if he's a little bit out of form, it's still it's still like a luxury problem that he got like someone with that kind of quality that can be on the bench and come in and make a uh, make a mark on the game. Or you know, if he starts, we know that yeah, we know what we got. So I think it's just brilliant that we kind of have a midfield with so many options where its quality is so high and they got different skills as well. So you know, it's nothing it's nothing to complain about. It's almost, no. always just something to be very very happy about. Yeah, and I saw some stuff on um, on Twitter about like Arsenal maybe sniffing around him. Michel Arteta's apparently interested in him, in him, but um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, f- for me that just speaks volumes about how good he is. If if other teams like Arsenal are interested in him, then they clearly they clearly know how how good he is and how good he can be. He's like I think he's twenty three, end of end of the month. So he's when you think about that, like he's still. Nowhere near anywhere like the polished, um, finished article. He's got loads of work to do. That's cl- that's clear as well. So I guess similar to to Nunes. But in terms of like what he can provide for this team, I think he, like you said, he can have patches where he goes in and out. But when he's on it, like he has been, he's a he's a nailed on starter. I think we've had times earlier in the season, I guess, where he was out and then Gravenberg should be shown good form. But I think it's the roles of reverse now, and Jones is fully back in there and, and on better as well. Um, but yeah, but then we get the third goal and. Cody Gakpo it's just like it was It was mad like it was all like they were all like basically tappings weren't they I think the Gakpo one was a bit of a it was a tapping like a, it kind of just came off the bottom bottom of his studs didn't it a bit of a bit of a mad one I don't think he really meant the way it went in but um, it's a, a mis- misjudged touch I think yeah he just, <laughs> it just just... Hits, yeah he yeah. tries to hit it with like the inside of his foot but it just hits his studs a little bit so it goes off at a different angle but it worked because fucking Debravka of course whenever the goalie comes to downfield and they're expected to be shit they turn into Superman it just happens all the time like we just expect it and he was he was on top form saving everything so I think that kind of helped us in a way that Gakpo kind of mishit it because it went in the in the corner or in the middle of the goal where he didn't expect it to but yeah then at 3-1 78th minute you're like right should be game over but Liverpool don't do that. Liverpool don't like to do that. Uh, <laughs> three minutes later, Sven Botman goes down at the end and scores a, a good header, to be fair, off a, off a corner. And then you're like, oh, fucking hell, there's 10 minutes left here where if they get one, it's drawn. If we drew, imagine we would have drew that game. Just imagine that would have been one of the most infuriating games I would have ever watched if we would have drew that game 3-3. Yeah. Um, but we might as well go to the the second penalty and the Let's talk about the pass from because Alexis McAllister came on for Endo on the seventy fifth minute, and it was nice to see McAllister just get fifteen last fifteen, just giving him a bit of a, a little way back into the side after being out for a for a while with an injury. And the pass he played was just absolutely just a, str- a striker's dream. Jotters on the on the halfway line waiting for it, and he just the, the way he plays outside of the foot, and he's through on goal, and then Jotters um, about to score, and then he falls over, and then. Everyone's been speaking about that for the last like what? Probably still today. There's probably still Newcastle fans right now tweeting about that. Mm. Um, which I just think it's hilarious. Like whenever, whenever something goes wrong for a side, so like this season we've had loads, haven't we? We've had I'd say the Odegaard goes in there. We've got the 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 goal against Spurs. We've had sending off that shouldn't have been, and then all like all you get from like rival fans on Twitter anyway I don't I always say it's not a real barometer of what a real fa- a fan is on Twitter uh, but it's always like oh it always it, it evens itself out as the season goes and it's like alright so it'll even itself out so even if you take that Jota one as 
a dive, then is isn't that not even itself out? Because we're getting we're getting penalties that we shouldn't be be given. Like I, I just the whole narrative it always just switches and turns to yeah, whatever no. people believe. But at, in the end, at the end of the day, it was a penalty for me because he, he gets fouled. He obviously then thinks. He's thinking about it and he's like, should I carry on and score? But then he thinks, well, to be honest, I don't know what the fuck he's thinking because I just think he should just go around the keeper and score, to be honest, because he's he's a goal yeah. scorer. <clears throat> but clearly then the the touch that the Bravka makes on him is enough for him to to go down because otherwise he wouldn't have because, he's a, like I said, he's a goal scorer. He wants to score goals and he, he would have easily just tapped that into the net and it would have been 40 and it would have been his goal. But I think that the whole thing, and then Salah scoring it, and then I think because Salah scored as well, and it was like the end of the game, like Newcastle fans are then saying, "Oh, but we were we were in the game. We could have if that pen weren't given. We could have scored a goal, and it could have been three three, and blah 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 blah." And I'll stop ranting now. But I just feel like the whole thing is just is hilarious. Just it, it's kept me entertained for since it since the game happened. Yeah, and I'm you know I was straight away on Twitter saying you know it's a clear pen for me, and I got you know people back saying you know he's a dive and stuff, but. You know, I actually agree with the few people who've said afterwards when they, you know, seen the situation properly and, you know, reviewed it and that, you know, obviously Dubraka is actually on him, like properly on his on his on the on the last foot that he has, and he takes another step and then, you know, falls over a little bit after. Takes a bit long, yes. But then people say you see we see, we see it in slow motion, but you know, in speed it goes quite quick, and obviously he might just be a little bit a little bit pushed out of position and balance. So, you know, whether he tries to come around the ball and score, maybe it's just like that that little n- nudge in that speed just makes it comes out of balance and you fall because you lose your, I don't know, like, what do you call it? But anyway, so, because he's a goal scorer, if he could have stood up and actually put that ball into the net, I think he would. Like, the, it's a natural thing. So I don't think he's actually... He's going he's going down easy, yes. But he's going down as in a speed where you get, like, your foot uh, knocked out. You get out of balance. And then I I think that maybe he quickly have the sense of, okay, it's it's just for me to obviously go down. But I think that if he could have stood up, that he sh- he would have scored because he loved to score. He's not one of them who's like, oh, let's just get... You know, he, he's just one of them who, who's natural natural goal scorer when it comes in those positions. So whether he went down, you know, falls over or not, I think it's still a clear pen. And, you know, some people said, oh, he's, he's diving. And I said, but if it, if it was the other way around, when I saw the replay, I wouldn't be screaming for a dive. I would probably be like, yeah, he's on him. Because, and I tried to not have my Liverpool Googles on me then. I would be like, if that was against us, if, if Newcastle had that with Isak, for example, and, and Alisson comes out and actually I see the replay and I see him touches his last foot and everything, and he goes down. I can't say anything. He's through on goal, and the goalkeeper is goalkeeper is on him. He's touching him, and he's touching him in a way where, yes, he knocks his foot out of position. It's he's out of balance. He goes down. I could never say anything against that and say, nah, it shouldn't be a penalty because the goalkeeper comes down and doesn't take the ball. It takes the player a penalty. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it, 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 it is funny. Yeah, I just, I just, I just. I would have just like like we've just said, I would have preferred just Jota just to score. But he, he he must have. I'd love to know like his thoughts on it. Like he must have like knocked him enough to to knock him over. Like, but when you look at the pens decision decisions given this season, there's loads of them. There's I think the Isak got one. I can't remember against what team, but he he makes a turn, puts his foot down, and he falls over. It's like it happens all the time. But just like, yeah, yeah it's always when 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 it's when it's Liverpool it seems to be the way to just moan about it even more, especially on social media. And again, another reason why I don't try and go on there because it's just full of just people just moaning about stuff. Like, yeah. it's just, I'm just it can drive you insane. It really can. Um, but yeah, we win the game, rightly so. Like, people saying that we didn't, because of the penalty and whatever, like, it was, didn't deserve to win. And Alan Shearer saying it was fucking embarrassing and Eddie Howe moaning about decisions. And, and you're just like, come on, let's stop stop deflecting from the real truth here that you got absolutely yeah, fucking tanked. You didn't yeah. even deserve to be anywhere near that game. Like, to only get beat by two goals, to be honest, is a travesty. It really is. Highest XG on record and Liverpool playing well and creating so much. We should have, should have been out of sight. 
Yeah, but when you look at that, when people like Alan Shearer and obviously uh, their manager coming out as well, moaning about things, and obviously they can they can have their opinions on the penalty, for example. I, I understand their opinions is there for because it's a it's it's a situation where you can judge a little bit differently and stuff. For me, it's a clear pen because it's on him, like I said. But you know, I can I can understand that people have the opinions, but. At the same time, like you said, it's 4-2. But, you know, when they come out and say that they would have had the chance, if if the game would have gone as the stat says, we probably would have won like 6-7-8-0. Exactly. Or 8-2 or 9-1. I don't know. Like something like that. So it's more... It, what's embarrassing is that they are coming and being fucking so shite, even though they're playing away. They're being so fucking bad with this team being, you know, raised up as something new that, you know, we, we got Champions League last season and fucking went out there straight away because Champions League is not for everyone. Uh, and also, <laughs> and also you, I understand the second year sometimes have a little bit of a backlash because you've been on a high and then you need to, you know, get the form and have that steady through a season and, and create... Um, a better um, performance throughout the season as well. And it's hard if you, you know, the only thing which I can, you know, respect Newcastle for in a way with their owners and stuff is that they haven't like gone out and bought like everyone like Chelsea or did when (coughs) Roman came in or like they're doing now or how Man City's done it. They still bought like quite cleverly players who can develop, players they need in their system. So I kind of like that because they have bought, you know, players that they need and how they can improve in that way. In a way that we had, but obviously we don't have the same kind of money. But I like that way that they've done it. At the same time, I think, you know, they are a good team. But when they come to us and get, you know, uh, you know that they don't have a chance and we just all over them and create all these chances and it's only 4-2. I think to come out and say, you know, it's embarrassing with the, with the penalty situation, they should look at themselves and be embarrassed by their performance and see how they can actually improve themselves. Because even if it's a way at Anfield against Liverpool is very good to, you know, be be in a position where they could have beat be beaten eight nine nil. To be honest, yeah, it's it, not it's not it's not fun. <laughs> no, and we were talking about before we started recording about like um, like this time last year, and I had a quick look on the Premier League website just to. <clears throat> just to see where we were. So, like, obviously now we're at tw- we're at top of the league. Twenty twenty games played, um, forty five points, three top three points clear at the top of the table. Um, if you go back to last year, after twenty games, Liverpool were tenth in the league, twenty nine points, like tenth in the league, like sixteen points better off. And I think it just goes to show, like, how just how far we've we've come. I think it's like you said again with Newcastle. It's interesting because they now they're on. 29 points after 20 games like they're on the exact same that we were last year and we were thinking this is like a horrific season because obviously the, the levels that we'd set to have a, a season like we did and finish fifth or whatever you're just like what is going on I think it's clear that Newcastle are having hopefully one of them seasons where it happens to them but it, it just proves just how how, how much Liverpool are <clears throat> again like we we keep saying like every Every time we do a show like about the new midfield and Club 2.0 and whatever else, it's just so exciting to see like players coming in and doing well and players that are have been there and we thought were done, like the likes of Joe Gomez, who's been unbelievable to be honest. He's been incredible. How good Joe Gomez has been. I can't I can't even believe it myself and I'm seeing how good he's flying into tackles, trusting his body into got 50-50s and running up and down, overlapping, balls into the box. I just fucking being a proper fullback. Comes into, in, comes into the pen area and have shots as well. We're just yeah. waiting for that first goal where we're like, now he scores, but now he actually good finishes as well. It's not the worst one. Like, it's actually quite, you know, sometimes hit the target, the goalkeeper saves, it's just outside and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, to even have that confidence, just come in and I'm going to go for it. You know, I, I, I agree with you. You know, I, I think he's been unbelievable you know on a level where he was when we won the champions league and, and the league and you know he's and he's been playing right back left back yeah. and and i would say that again you know to have a defender in that age that can play all across the defensive line and do a great job you know we can't underestimate it we need to be very much appreciating that because He's 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 not moaning that he's not playing all the, all the time he's doing a great job and whenever he comes in it just feels very safe and secure and I know you know he was halted by his injuries and we know that he's not been in form afterwards because it takes time but now hopefully he can stay off his injuries and when we see him finding the form and the levels that he used to have he's 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 for me 
to, to be honest, one of the best defenders in English football, like Englishmen, to be honest, like from England, because he has so many qualities to play in all these positions across the defensive line and doing a great job. Yeah. And I think, you know, the way he's been playing now, we just, we're lucky to have him, you know, because I, I understand other, other teams are looking like if you're not giving all the game time in Liverpool, he would play every single game for us, you know. Um, so they might come club sniffing um, and we'll see. No, I think he's 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 the perfect player to have, like in a <clears throat> like I guess an injury crisis. Like we've got like Simicasters out. I don't know when he. I mean, we saw some pictures that he he said back soon on Instagram, and everyone just lost their heads a little bit because everyone thought he's going to be out for two months or whatever with a broken collarbone. Of hopefully it's not that, and he's going to be back soon. But like going into left back, and he's had some. I think he has a few shaky ones at left back earlier in the in the season when he's came on. I think it was. Was it a Luton game where he just we were taught after that about like him not being we're not as balanced when he's over that side because he's a, he's a right footer. But I think since then he's he's gone up more levels. He's gone up even he's he's getting if anything he's getting better by every game, which is like scary. Like he's playing like you said that the season we won the league, he was playing a centre back every enough every game. But this season he's like, he's been centre he's been right back, he's been centre back, he's been left back, he's been all over the place, and he's still producing levels of like high quality, and it's like. It's just boss to see. It really is. And I think similar to Matter before the before he got the injury, sadly, he was producing boss levels as well. And I think it's it's clear that that, that like the after last season, how how bad we were. It's clear that it's been like a there's been some honest like discussions and like stuff happening in the dressing room to overcome that and knowing that we're going to get new players in, but also the players that are here. If you want to stick around, you've got to show the levels that you've shown in the past. And and I think it's. It's hard to see that happening when you know, like a player is like not hitting the level, and you can see it every week that they're not the same player they were. And then all of a sudden they start putting in performances. You're like, "Fucking hell, where's where was this like the last couple of years?" But it's like they said, injuries and like rhythm and form and like all that stuff comes into it. But then Gomez has just been ridiculous. But like, like, what are your thoughts then on like I just said, like being 16 points better off last year? We were 10th. Now we're top of the league, three points clear. We're five points clear of. Arsenal because they've had a bit of a nightmare the last couple of games, which has been quite funny to see. To be fair, but Villa are our closest rivals at the minute. Of, of course, mm-hmm. Man City have got a game in hand, so they'll they'll probably go on forty three points. They'll be two points behind us, but it's just lovely to see like twenty, 20 halfway through the season, top of the league. There's a lot long, long way to go. City are getting De Bruyne and Haaland back soon, so they'll probably start hitting form and win- winning multiple games, going on runs, winning loads of games and whatever. We're losing Salah and Endo. We we still haven't got um, Robertson back. We still haven't got Thiago back. Pacheta, there's still loads of players out for us as well. Zabasla is out for a couple of games. It's going to be. It's going to be. I think it's going to might be. A, I don't want to say it's going to be a tough January, but I think it's going to be another test. And I think like we've been passing these tests when they're coming up, and we're like, oh yeah, this is going to be a tough couple of games and we get through them and you're like fucking hell people have got through that it's like taking it in small segments and just like seeing how we get on but I feel like this month's going to be a proper test of where we are because we're like we said losing Salah and Endo Salah's of course incredible and is one of our is is our main fella up there Endo's been absolutely incredible in that in that sixth position so there's we're going to miss those two but if we can I'm interested to see how people react to that basically yeah, and you know, I wanna wanted to start off also, you know, compare last season um at this stage and you know now. Um I think, you know, when you look back at it, we, we had like a team where things weren't going great for a lot of players and collectively we weren't good. Uh we can look at the you know, the new midfield with loads more energy and I would say more creativity and, and, and runs in them as well. You know, it's quicker feats, it's a little bit more, you know, bodies and more strength. But I think the key is also that we, you know, you've got Van Dijk back at, you know, the highest levels. He was not as as good. It was not as good last season. You know, it was many, you say, you know, we look very, um, he looked a bit slow, sloppy, lazy, to be honest. And I was, you know, giving him critics because I thought, you know, what it looks a little bit, like he was not motivated or whatever. But, you know, I think it's key that he's back on this kind of levels where he's world-class because uh, that gives stability for the whole team. And then obviously that we got the world's best keeper gives stability. Um, and I think also when we look at the midfield and we think about how loads of new players actually might need time to come in and, you know, get themselves adjusted into the team and, and feel that they actually understand the way we want to play. I think all have done that very, very quick. Um, 
and that also feels like it's it can it can only get better in that way as well so i think that that's the key thing and i also think that with endo and you know people when we were uh, there were rumors about we might buy this japanese player from uh, bundesliga uh, a team in the bottom um um Stuttgart was it uh and people were like oh no because we want to have Caicedo we want to have uh Lavia we want to have and you know you you look that you you sit there and be like ah we'll see you know but you know when in the end of the day when you look at it now when you see that he was costing like 16 million pounds or whatever you know comparing him to Caicedo or Lavia or whatever you know what fucking hell we bought you know a little gem even if he's a little bit older but he's been brilliant because now he's finding his feet he's been adjusted to the Premier League pace and I think you know the way he plays now it's very calm it's very safe he's very good at blocking uh the opposition coming through you know to get to win back balls and stuff and now he's also like because we were a little bit critical uh with his movements and and you know with the ball sometimes he lost it uh, quite easily in the start of his career with us, but now I feel that you know he's he's getting into the rhythm, and he should have the praise because he's actually made sure that we got like a balance defensively in a midfield that we needed, like this number six, because all the others are more offensively um, in the way of playing, and that's there where their ability and skills are. But I think him, he just make it. Simple, win the ball, give it to someone. And he scores some nice goals as well. But I think he's just very clever. And he's one of them where you think, like, he, this this guy could be the next James Miller for us. Someone who comes in, do the job, no complaining, no moaning, just being a utter professional. And then when he leaves in a couple of seasons, maybe whatever, whether, you know, he stays for until he's older or not, we will look at him and being like, he's, he he was the like of James Miller. He was the Lucas Lay, like because he, he just done the job and he was very important doing the job for us. Yeah, I think I said a couple of weeks ago, like he's if he can be like the the tacky equivalent of like the midfield, then you know, like just coming in, doing his job, getting off, like scoring some goals. Like I, th- I just think like his his level. I think even he said recently like he won the, of course he won our player of the month because he deserved it. He was saying like it was the toughest December he's ever had. <laughs> it's like yeah, get used to that lad. You've got to you've got to start come come back and produce a bit more of that because we he's been. It's been tremendous, like just getting stuck yeah. in. Like he was, he was a couple of seconds off the pace a few weeks ago, and he's he's tightened that up completely. I think like some of the players we've mentioned, like the likes of Gomez, the likes of Van Dijk, they just tightened up. They know they've got the quality. It's just tightening up those things and showing it a bit more. I think Endo's, of course, got quality. He's so experienced and whatever. Um, but I think like he started to proper show about what he's what he's about, and it's been it's been it's been it's been boss to see it really has because players like that who were. You were questioned. You you support them more. I feel like because 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 of, of the online presence and like they they get more grief. It seems like the likes of Nunes and Endo when you like early stages when they start doing well, you start to be like yeah, you want to support them even more because you, you're just happy that they're they're getting some praise and whatever. I think it's it, uh, I guess players go through phases like like that. Curtis Jones is now getting a bit of praise as well, and Go Gomez is getting more praise, etc. So it is nice to see like players of that getting the the credit when it's due as well. Um. But yeah, Liverpool top the league, uh, 20 games gone. But we go to um, the Emirates tomorrow, half four kickoff in the FA Cup. Again, it, I think Klopp mentioned um, it's the probably the hardest draw we could have got. We, of course, played them not too long ago at, at Anfield and it was a bit of a mad game. Um, of course, scenarios where we could have got decisions would have helped us out massively, but... I guess this one's going to be a tricky one. I think when, when the last time we played them in a domestic cup was the League Cup when we went on to win it, and Jota scored twice at their place after I think it was nil nil first leg, and then we went there and beat them two nil. Jota scored twice. Um, they were in a different place then, and I guess we are as well in terms of our development. But I think they're missing some players. We're missing some players, but it's it's going to be a it's a massive game whenever you play like an, an Arsenal, Arsenal, even if it's at home or away, whatever, even if it's whatever, even if not the whatever cup it's in, it's always going to be a massive game. I think like the FA Cup to get to through the next round, especially when we've got Fulham coming up and there's loads of games thick and fast in January. Of course, we've got that little winter break where we play um, before we play Bournemouth, which is going to be very much needed so we can get the likes of Zobislaz back in the team. But this one's going to be... I'm looking forward to it to be honest because I feel like again, like I said before, it's just like I'm I'm intrigued to see how Liverpool react to these tests. Like 
going to Arsenal away in the FA Cup. If we go out, then yeah, so be it. But I want Liverpool to go pretty much full strength for this. It's Arsenal. You want to make a statement. You want to get through to the next round. You want to again, like we did in when we challenged for all 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 of the cups. But we want to go as as far as we can. I feel like this is a, a good opportunity to to show where we are, to show where we want to go, and to show how good the squad is as well. Because like I said, no Endo, no Salah, and no Zobislian, etc. But what type of um, what type of lineup are you thinking for this one? I think it's going to be it's going to be a hard it's going to be a hard one to call. I think. Yeah, no, because also because of the Fulham game on Wednesday, is it like a first leg of the semi-finals in the Carabao Cup or League Cup, as we like to say it, obviously, and call it. Um, because we still want to go for that one, and because we play at home the first game, we want to make sure that we give ourselves an advantage there by you know winning that game. Quite, I wouldn't say clear, but you know, win it in a in a good way. So, because we have you know a competition where we can go to the final and go to Wembley by making sure that we you know have a good game. Like I said, it's hard on tomorrow. Uh, Sunday because I would like us to go out with the full strength because the FA Cup is you know it's an it's one of the you know most precious cups that you can win it's an uh, it's the oldest one you know it's got loads of history but at the same time you never want it to you know be um, as a result of you know stupid injuries or whatever because you're still you know thinking about the league and where we are in that position position but you know Sunday to Wednesday and you know, the, the days in between and the days after that, I think we should be able to go out quite strong. Maybe we, so. we come with a bit of rotation somewhere, you know, swapping some players. But, you know, it's still it's still a chance of beating a team that would be considered one of their favourites to win the Cup, Arsenal. And if we get them out of the way in a, in a good way at their place, you know, showing our strength, it's another statement. And you said you go through the test and showing that you can do it. So I would like us to come out quite strong, but it's hard to say because of also Wednesday coming up with the how we want to play that and get the results as well. So I don't know what what is your thoughts. Uh, I'm thinking what we're having um, available with you know injuries and stuff. I'm thinking who you know every game is some somewhere where you can risk someone for injuries because that can happen anytime. But sometimes it's a little bit of more of a risk if you play players that need more rest or you know haven't had minutes coming back and all that kind of stuff. So that's why I think it's difficult with the injuries that we have and the players we want to maybe save a little bit further forward. I feel like because <clears throat> like you said there's the Sunday game and there's the Wednesday game and we don't play after the Fulham game till the 21st. So there's an 11-day gap there. Of course, that might yeah. change if we have a replay in this game, which, fucking God forbid, we don't. Um, <laughs> but I feel like when you look at the when you look at the Newcastle lineup, for, for example, I'll, I think... So that was Alisson, Trent, Canate, Van Dijk, Gomez, Zobosly, Endo, Jones, Salah, Nunes, Diaz. So, of course, we can't choose Zobosly's injured. We can't choose Endo. He's away. And we can't choose Salah because he's away. I think Keller can come in. That, I think that's an obvious one. You can put Keller in. I think you still go, I'd still go Trent. I'd probably put Kwanser in instead of Kanate. So you, there's another change. You can change Kwanser in. You can go Trent, Kwanser, Van Dijk. I'd still go Gomez as well, to be honest. And then in midfield three, you could do, you could put Elliot in for Zobosly. You could put McAllister in the six. You could put keep Jones over on the left. And then, I don't know, for right wing... I don't know. It's, I think it's again it's a difficult one because if if you want to, you could put someone else in midfield. You could put Elliot on that right hand right hand wing like we saw against West Ham, and he was he was tremendous in that game. So you could put Jota over there. I think it's it's always a bit more awkward because Salah's always fit, like he's never not there. He's always there, so you never have to think about that right hand side because he's always fucking there. He's just so good. Um, so when he's not there, it is a little bit like if you put Jota over there or if you put Gakpo over there, it's it's going to be a little bit more awkward. I think Zobislai's played there before for. Um, in the past, I think he would be an, would have been an option if he wasn't injured f- for over that side. But I think there's there's still plenty of there's still plenty of options. I think McAllister and Jota coming back like they have recently has come at a really good time for us, like because they can f- fill the gaps for players that are that are leaving uh, for for Afcon and Asia Cup and whatever. So I think like something something like that. I think Nunes playing as well. Maybe I think he's can if he can get a get a goal and just kind of. Any any game where you can get Nunes playing and, and and getting goals and getting a little bit more confidence is a is a positive, isn't it? Yeah, and I think for the midfield is is I think there's a chance that you know with Salah gone that Elliot goes up that place playing to the right with a little bit of a different role maybe, uh, but also that Gravenberg comes into 
midfield instead because Elliot can play to the right side where Gravenberch can't. So, you know, instead of maybe changing, you know, Jota or Diaz to another side, I, you know, I, I wouldn't mind to try that sometimes because sometimes switching to the other side or the opposite side there where they used to play, you know, that gives them something new, something extra, you know, they can create something else by playing that kind of way. But it's just a feeling that, you know, sometimes I get Klopp, especially away, that play Elliot in that position and coming down more defensively into more of a central role when we're not going forward. It's more stability going def- yeah. going in for def- uh, defence. So I think that could be something. And then obviously with Gravenberch, McAllister and Jones in midfield. And I, I you know, I don't mind the, the swap with Konate for Kwanzaa because Konate, we know we don't want to risk him. He might need a little bit of more rest and he plays Wednesday instead. Um, so I'm... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm up for that with a bit a bit of few changes, but then try to keep as, as strong as we can and actually give them a game because, you know, it's it's another chance to like I said knock them out and go for another cup. I, I like to you know compete for everything, and I know that in the past that you know with the league cup we have you know put the boys out, the young kids out because of it's 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 the lowest of the uh, prioritized um, cups or, or or league or whatever. So. But I, I want us to always, you know, compete for everything because I want us to win everything, even though I understand, you know, it's difficult. Uh, but, you know, we got a great go here. We, we're, top, we're top of the league, and yes, it's a long way to go. But, you know, as long as we're there and actually showing that we will be there for the long term, you never know what's going to come in the, you know, long term of during the spring. And yeah. we're in the semifinals of the League Cup. Let's go for that because we are, you know, it's up there for the takes because it's, you know, without being disrespectful, it's Fulham, but we know we should be able to get them over two games. And then in the final, it's Chelsea or Middlesbrough. Or, and Middlesbrough. So, you know, you know, without saying they can't beat us, obviously, on the day, we have a great chance to win that cup. Um, and we're very much showing in the Europa League that we are a team, you know, to maybe one of the favourites, obviously, to win that as well. And in the league, like I said, we're, into, we're just showing that we're, willing to you know put up a fight we are there with the quality that's needed to win things so i just wanted to go out there but obviously we need to do it cleverly and not to risk players in a stupid way so that we got the 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 strength and uh, you know the the squad to actually change like with Kwanzaa for Kanate Elia can come in and do a job for Salah and all that kind of stuff it just makes me very happy because you know it's been days where we've been like okay Salah is gone or whatever and uh, he's injured and we don't really have any good um options at all but now we actually got quality in the most places where we know they can actually come in and and be a, a player that can actually make it make a difference it's not just someone who comes in and just needs to put you know cover that space or that spot it's actually someone who can come in and do a great job in the way we play and it doesn't make the um the the the, the collective uh less good it actually you know stays the same kind of level with exception for Salah maybe yeah, I think I think the uh, West Ham game I always will reference back because I think that was a game where we seen Elliot there and he was just he was just him and Jones in that game were just obviously Jones scored twice in that game, mm. but Elliot was involved and everything. He was running around, he was getting stuck in, he was dropping deep like you said, going into maybe a right midfield type position, but also getting up and, and supporting the attack as well. So I think Elliot over that side for for some for a game like this. I mean, I think in the the game I mentioned before where Jota. Scored twice. I think we had, we had uh, we had Kay Gordon over there, which I think is, is mad when you think about it. Like he was like, obviously before the injury problems and stuff, and thankfully he's back now. But he was he was he started that game. I think is just yeah, it's it's mad that I always think that's a bit crazy. But yeah, I think he deserved it at the time. Um, but I think another one that we were maybe I think because obviously Owen Beck got recalled from uh, Dundee, and I think maybe people were putting him into the starting their starting elevens for this one, but. Um, it's been confirmed that he won't be able to feature because he's um, he's got a one-match ban to serve following Buchans he picked up in the Scottish League Cup last July, which I think is... I think it's a bit mad, like, how... why it transfers from us. I understand his parent club's English, but if he picks up a, like, a couple of yellows in a Scottish Cup game, like, I just... I, I, I think it's a bit bizarre that he has to then miss an English yeah. Cup game. I, th- I, don't, I don't know how that really translates. A bit, a bit of a mad one because I think he could have potentially. I don't know if he, he might not have even got close to this game because he's only just came back. I think. I just think because from what Klopp said, I think he's like you mentioned something about like not being able to rotate too much. I feel like he's just gonna go. He might just go like, f- like apart from like Kellerin and Quanta. I just, I just feel like he's gonna go like as full strength as as we can for the for these games and just be like, well, we want to get as far as we can. Like you can't. 
I think it's we're so scarred from the past about like like Jota playing in games where like dead rubbers in in, in games and he gets injured in his alpha months and we've been scarred by that in the past where you're yeah. like oh, what what happens if oh what happens if he gets injured what happens if he fucking falls over and and does this and whatever like and you, and you can keep yourself awake at night if you worry about all that stuff you know yeah. what I mean like you just got to be like well. It's just because you never know about the future, though. Sorry to interrupt, but it's just when you mentioned that now, I got myself feeling straight away in my in my head and my thoughts were like, if I knew that going out in the FA Cup without any injuries and you know League Cup or even Europa League, and that would mean that we kept our strengths yeah. and winning the league, I would take that. But yeah, because but in the moment, though, yeah, you can't predict the future like that and say if if that happens. But you know, at the moment, we need you. Like you said, we are, we have been scarred because we we, uh, we are a little bit scared about what can happen if if Jota plays this game and he's out for another month and we have got very important games coming up in the league where we're now at the top. We're actually there and fighting for it. Will that affect us so badly that we lose a bit of a few points because he's one of them who can actually win a game for us with a goal, with a late goal or whatever? So we need we need maybe just stop thinking like that and just feeling like well they are professionals you know shit can happen to anyone to be honest yes we have have a few there are more injury prone and stuff but let's just go out there and fucking get through it and try to win it and show our th- strength and hopefully fingers crossed we come out of it on the other end not too bad and maybe we should just try to not think about what can happen and injuries and just be enjoying that we actually maybe be able to actually beat Arsenal away in the cup. I, I don't know. Yeah, I think, I think, like I said, people just worry about that, like when it happened to Jota and he was out for months and you're like, it does your head in because I think like something like a dead rubber game, like and you shouldn't be taking any chances, but like for someone, for a game like these where you've got Arsenal, you can, you can progress the next round in the FA Cup and then you've got Fulham where you like you need to go full strength again because Fulham have been playing well recently and we need to we need to be on our top form really. Um, I think like at the moment like you need to just be like, well, fuck it, like you need to these players and like will be busting a gut and training to make sure that they're picked for these games. They want they'll want like Jota's back. He wants to play every game, of course he does. He'll he'll see Salah going to Afcon as a as a opportunity for him to come in and start playing more games and getting more rhythm. So there's yeah, it's one of them. Uh, we need to go as strong as we can if stuff happens off the back of it. Of course, then people are going to go, oh, why did we play him? We should have <laughs> saved him for this game. But it's like, that's easy saying it now. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's easy to say after the fact. Like, But it's at the especially, time we need to... We especially need to... he's going out after like 40 minutes with an injury and we lose 2-0 and we're out. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like, if, But that's the thing. If that, something like that happens, then Twitter's just going to be full of people just going, oh, why did he play this player? Like, yeah. fucks, you can always out for this game and this game. Like, I just, I just don't get drawn into it. Like, it's easy to say, and it's just, I just think it's proper, it's proper boring to be honest. Because they just like, Klopp's not going to be like, oh, I'll, I'll, I won't play you because just in case you get injured um, yeah. and, in a game and, like this against Arsenal, you need to be, you need to be, you need to be at least like ninety percent full strength to have a chance of winning because they're gonna, exactly. they're gonna want to win. They're gonna want to beat us after not not beating us at, at Anfield. They're gonna want to try and knock us out the cup. So we need to be, of course, again showing the energy levels that we've been doing, and you need your best players on the pitch to do that. Yeah, and as a, as a supporter watching the game, you want to see the best players. You know, I don't mind sometimes when we do rotation and we see young kids coming in that got potential and they get to show themselves in front of the crowd and in different games and all that. I'm very much up for that. But at the same time, when we're going uh, away against Arsenal in the FA Cup and it's a tough game, you know, it's it's, it's one of the, like you said, the hardest games we probably could have in this round. Um, as a supporter, I don't want to see us like, take a chance i want to see us go full strength and actually you know let's go and do this because i enjoy that because if we would swap too many players and maybe yeah we we rest him and we rest him and we're playing this kid here and we do this rotation here i would sit and be like well obviously there's always a chance but you know but it's not as 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 good as a chance if we would have played the best players like the the the, the proper ones that we are used to you know doing great things every week because then I would be sitting there like yeah we're probably going out you know it's fine but you know I, I would be a little bit disappointed if we didn't go for it because as a supporter I always want to see us win everything I can understand if we do like you said you got Kwanzaa in for Kanata and stuff that I understand that decision because Kwanzaa has been good it's not only coming in for you know him being a replacement for Kanata he's actually coming in for being you know being proving himself that he can play in those kind of games so maybe that's a good rotation then because like the levels doesn't um get that um, um well I w- you know it's not like 
we, we put in someone that is not very good at all and you just make sure that, okay, this is very, very bad. You still have the belief in Kwanzaa that when he plays. So I think as a supporter and a point of view from, you know, watching the game on TV and, you know, being excited for it, I want to see a full strength because that's our best um, chance of uh, progressing. And I think, you know, that's when you enjoy your football as most as well because you don't want to see someone actually, you know, we do it this big rotation. You'd be like, like I said, you'd be disappointed if that happens. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, Liverpool, I think, need to be on top form and, and as strong as possible because Arsenal are going <clears> to, <throat> like I said, going to want to knock us out. So we need to be fighting fire with fire. And I think we've, again, another massive test for us to, yeah, to knock them out. I think it's going to, I think it's going to, I'm, I'm interested and intrigued to see how we, um, how we do and how, how well we play and stuff because I think it's, it's all relative as well because it's all about, we need to keep, Changing players to keep them fresh or whatever, but we need to, we need to keep rhythm and form as well. Like going into Fulham and going into um, Bournemouth again, another another tricky game away at Bournemouth. That's gonna be not gonna be easy. And then you've got Fulham again. You've got Chelsea. So there's we need to be keeping players fresh and and, and ready, but also like getting through. Like I think playing players and then getting through. Like if we beat Arsenal, then we beat Fulham. Like that that like feeling of knocking those teams out and getting to the next round and getting closer to winning more cups. That like that's a feeling that players thrive. They want to win trophies and whatever. So it's it can it can give you even more confidence and more ability. So then when you, the next game comes around and someone scores a couple of goals like Nunes and he's got a bit more confidence. Same with Jota, a bit more rhythm. Same with Jones, same with all of them. Like the players that need rhythm can are just going to be even even better. Um yeah, and let's not let's not worry about injuries. Like it's, <laughs> I mean, we can we can do it. We can all do it, and it's it's so easy just to fall back on. But let's just, let's not worry, and let's let's just hold up and obviously stay injury free, but can get can get through the Arsenal game and and hopefully give us a good performance and a win, which would be absolutely boss. Um, but best time of the best time of the show score prediction. I mean, we <clears throat> maybe we should sway off the score predictions for non Premier League games because we've got obviously we've got the WhatsApp group and you get points for you. A correct score and whatever we don't really get anything for this but we're just doing it for fun but I, we might as well just c- carry on for now score prediction because I, I think it always ends the show in a i guess a finite way where we've we've gave gave the gave our score and we'll see what happens what, what are you what are you thinking with this one it's gonna be a tough one i guess being away at arsenal but you know i'm, I'm still gonna go with my heart as, as liverpool always win obviously uh but it's gonna be a tough one so i say 2-1 to liverpool Took it out my mouth. Two one. Yeah, I, I just it's hard to see a score of more than two, um, especially without like Salad and, and Endo and whatever. Like, like I'm just interested to see how we step up. But yeah, I feel like I mean, I'd I'd absolutely love a one nil. But <clears throat> I think people are worrying about a replay, aren't they? Like that's the thing because it doesn't. I wish it just went to pens. To be honest, I feel like I always just think that's just an easy way of just like right, fuck it, ninety minutes penalties, just get the game yeah. over with. Um, it's the same. It's the same with the league cup, though. Like it should be the semi final should be in you know uh, another ground and just one game or whatever. It's it's no need for you know two yeah. games, one at home, one away. It's just very unnecessary in terms of how many games players already play in. So I would say semi finals in the league cup should be played in in neutral stadium, whatever. Just you know to be like okay, let's go. And if it's uh, obviously nil nil full times, you know extra time or penalties and just get it done with because. You know, it's an extra game that you don't really need to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm gonna stick with. It's probably boring to to copy what you said, but I was thinking two one before you said it. I promise. Um, <laughs> yeah, I believe two one, you. <laughs> two what two ones uh, would be a nice. I mean, I'd take a I'd take a one nil. Take any victory, just just as long as you don't get a replay. To be honest, I mean, bringing them back to our place would be obviously it'd be a good game or whatever. But like like you said, there's already loads of games in there where and players are missing, and we don't want to. Give more opportunities to play players in games that we don't need to. I think that's the point, isn't it? So, um, but yeah, let's hope Liverpool can can do it. And there's loads of other games coming up, which are exciting to get back stuck into and start. Obviously, doing more of these shows and getting stuck back into it into 2024. So yeah, as always, we, like we always say, thanks for thanks for listening. 2023 was a very good year for us, and we had yeah, it was. I guess records were, were broken in in a way, um, in terms of like listeners and downloads and people following us on social media and on actually on the on the audio platforms themselves. And and it's yeah, it's it's lovely to see. So we do, me and Christian, really appreciate it, and we do say thank you very much for for listening to us. And and of course, we haven't done a show for what feels like two weeks now, but um, 
yeah, we've got a very nice, loyal fan base, which I love because no matter like, even if there's like a big gap, we come back. There's still loads of listeners, which I. I always find baffling to be honest. Like they want to just listen to us for an hour, like and me with a sore throat trying to trying to speak and having low loads of water and fanted in between, like muting me mic because I'm having coughing fits and all that. Um, but yeah, we really do appreciate you listening, and hopefully you stick with us in 2024 where we've got <clears throat> loads of other stuff coming up. Um, but yeah, nice one for listening. Nice one to Christian as always for jumping on. And yeah, we'll see you all very soon. Hopefully with uh, Liverpool and then to the next round of the FA Cup up the fucking Reds. See you in a bit. I'm Jamie Carragher, and you are listening to the Copy Podcast. Podcast Network.